0: And now let's interact together and let's engage in the word of God. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 2. Every commandment that I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and that you may multiply. That's what we want to do. We want to live and we want to multiply. That we could go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God shall lead you all of the ways these 40 years in the wilderness and the lord your god remember that he led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness three reasons number one to humble you two to test you three that you would be proven what was in your heart whether you would keep the word or not let's skip down to verse 18 deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power to gain wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day i want to take the next 15 minutes or so and let me talk to you today about how to get through what we're going through how to get through what we're going through undoubtedly we are living in days that again 30 days ago you would not have been able to convince us that the entire world is literally on shutdown mode. Just yesterday, I believe we had a thousand people in the United States alone to die. Half of those numbers in New York City alone. These are absolutely challenging, painful, difficult days that we're in. We're not even speaking about 10 million unemployed. Looking at businesses, small businesses that are struggling. And I realize that there's some stimulus package money coming. And I realized that there's some help coming for some of the small businesses. But the truth of the matter is this. We've never seen a day like this before. And I would call this a day that we're struggling in the wilderness season of our country, of our community, and of our lives. This COVID-19, as the believer, as one who reads scripture, one who is very cognizant of the Old and New Testament, how do you not read the Bible, and not see what's happening in America, around the world, and not ask questions like, God, is this judgment? Is this a plague? Is this a pestilence? Is this a disease sent from, 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 from the, 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 the pit of hell to get our attention? Of course, God didn't create a disease, but he allows this season, and he allows this era to be. So how do we reconcile, how do we synthesize these things that are happening and take it to the word of God? And so with that being said, today, I just, I just want to talk to you about how do we get through this season? How do we get through what we're currently going through? You've got the death toll. You've got the world shut down. Unemployment layoffs. There's disappointment, despair, and distress. And then on top of that, let's, let's really think this thing through here. There's a lot of uncertainty. Is it two weeks? Will it be two months? What will we be here this time next year? Uncertainty. Unknown insecurities i want to give you a quick word about suffering let me remind you the bible says that that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord will deliver us out of them all i'm not sure if we understand the theology of suffering unfortunately in our churches across america we love prosperity we love feel good and happy times and we want everything to be sunday and every day to be a holiday But somehow or another, we never take time to realize that in this present lifetime, there will be suffering. We'll have moments and seasons such as these. And the late C.S. Lewis said that it is suffering that oftentimes is the devil's greatest trick against the saints. It is suffering and pain that is often the devil's greatest tool in his toolkit for men and women of God. And so be not dismayed. Let not your heart be troubled. God's going to bring us through all of this. And I believe that all things shall work together for the good, Romans 8:28, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Peter has something to say about seasons such as this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert, for your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone he may devour. Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same type of sufferings. We're going through a season here. But again, today's message is how do we get through what we're going through? May I remind every one of you of something that I talk to the saints at City Church from time to time? Suffering is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be a way of life. Let me say that again. Suffering is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be a way of life. For the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8, they've been suffering for quite some time. They've been in Egypt. And now God speaks to Moses, and he frees Israel from Egypt. And he says, I'm going to take you from Egypt, and I'm going to put you into the promised land. But here's the problem. You're going to have to spend some time in the wilderness, okay? Now, I I hate to be very transparent when I say this, but sometimes my question is, God, wouldn't it have been easier to take the children of Israel straight out of Egypt and put them on a direct flight over into the promised land? That's that's the way I would have done it. That's the way we all would have liked, right? But that wasn't God's plan. God wants to take them from Egypt, a place of slavery, a place of not having enough, to a place called the Promised Land, a place that flows with milk and honey, and you have more than enough. But to get from A to B, you're going to have to go through a wilderness experience. And this is where we find the children of Israel, chapter 8, a verse of Deuteronomy. The Bible says that you shall remember that it is the Lord your God who led you these 40 years in the wilderness. And let's just stop right there for a moment. Let's just stop for a moment. Why 40 years? Most scholars and commentators agree that the trek from Egypt to the promised land should not have been any more than 11 to 14 days at best. From location A to location B shouldn't have been any more than a week and a half to a two-week journey on foot but as you and i know it took them 40 years that's like me leaving huntersville north carolina walking to charlotte that's probably a good day day and a half walk maybe not that long right it shouldn't take 30 years for me to walk from here to charlotte which is 15 16 miles up the road but there was a purpose and there was a process Of why God wanted the children of Israel to go through the wilderness. And you know what? Maybe there's a purpose and a process of why God wants you and I to go through this season, this COVID 19, this lockdown, shutdown, economic, financial uncertainty season. Maybe there's a reason we've been stuck in our homes. And I know many of you all have cabin fever, and some of us are about here when it comes to proximity of family and loved ones. But instead of enduring, And instead of just trying to find things to do, maybe we should be embracing this moment. Because as I've said the last couple of weeks, this is a very opportunistic time for you as an entrepreneur. For you, someone who wants to go back to school. For those who need to catch up with time and talk and touch with their children. Maybe it's a time to kind of recalibrate and re-embrace or reset some things with your wife or with your husband. Take advantage of this time. God has a purpose. And God has a plan for this time. And so uh, the children of Israel, they're leaving Egypt. They're coming through this wilderness. And now they're going into the promised land. But there are three things that has to happen while they're in the wilderness. Number one, God says, I want to humble you. I want to humble you. So he humbled them. He allowed them to hunger and he fed them with manna, which they did not know that their fathers knew that he may know that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Could it be that this season of what we're going through is part of humility? It reminds us that Bank of America is not our savior. Wells Fargo is not our savior. Charlotte meck schools. is not our savior. Could this be a season that we've taken for granted that God says, slow down. I'm gonna have to humble you. So that you remember that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Number two, to test you, to test you. My brethren, James says, verse one, count it all joy. Verse two, uh, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work so that you, my brothers, would be perfect, complete and lacking nothing god says i'm going to send you through a season such as this because i want to test you i read you need to be reminded that man does not live by bread alone but you also need to be reminded that my word my word should be first and foremost in your life i know the children of israel are complaining they're at wit's end but god says i want my word to be front and center think about it two weeks ago you probably had no time to read the bible and if you did, you read it like Jet Magazine. You thumbed through the page and looked at a couple of pictures, and that was it. We live in an ESPN highlights. Give me the headlines world. And you cannot treat the word of God like highlights and headlines. Or just give me the cleft notes. The Bible says, David said, in fact, Psalm 119 and 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. David says, you know, when I was caught up building my own little kingdom and caught up doing my thing, uh, I didn't really have time to study the word of God. But now, now I honor your word. Let's go. In fact, Psalm 119 verse 71. It was good that I was afflicted, the Bible says, so that I may learn your word. So twice in in Psalm 119, David says, you know what? This season actually was a good thing because it really forced me to hit the reset button, to rethink my priorities and recalibrate in those things that matter most. Number three, here's the third reason why the wilderness, why they had to go through. Three, to know what was in your heart. And so your garments, verse four and five, did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So you should know in your heart that as man chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. God says, I want to really revalidate what's really in your heart. Oh, we say we love Jesus. We say we love the Lord. Oh, we say we're just so in love with God in the good times, in the times when there's no problems or pain or or need. Oh, we're just so heavenly bound, and oh, everybody's spiritual, and everybody's so anointed. That's when there's no problems in your life. But can you give God the praise, and you don't know where your next paycheck is coming can you honor the Lord and keep Him first when you got to figure out a way how you can pay your mortgage and pay your rent? See, these are the times that try men's souls. And you and I, my brothers and sisters, you're in good company. I want to close this message and I want to give you a couple of thoughts about how to get through what we're going through. We've answered the whys. This is why we're going through. This is God's plan. But now let's talk about the how. Pastor Stevens, uh, can you talk to me about how do we get through what we're going through? Let me give you three perspectives. In fact, I want you to realize that what you're going through is where you're going to. God often wants to get you through so he can get you to. Let me say that again. God often sends you through so he can get you to. And I believe there's a destination. I believe that there's some place God is getting you to. I believe it's a place of purpose, a place of preparation, and a place of promise. Okay? Purpose, come on say that with me. Purpose, preparation, and promise. I almost fell out my chair. <laughs> purpose, preparation, and promise. I want to underscore this point one more time. God never sends you through without trying to get you to. And could it be that this season of our lives is a place of purpose God is sending us? I realize Romans 8:18. 8, our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. These present suffering times, these present afflictions, these present inconveniences... Believe that there's something that God is doing through all of this. Now, COVID-19 will come and go. Disease will come and go. They'll open the stadiums back up. They'll open the travel industry back up. Life will get back, quote, unquote, what we call normal. But maybe out of this season, I had a conversation with a gentleman from Florida the other day, and we both agreed, who would have thought anything could have shut the world down on this epic impact situation? I mean, think about it. What had, who had the power on the earth to shut down sports, travel, business, oil, finances, schools? Who, think about it. And maybe we need to be reminded that we are man, and man is limited. Maybe God who sits high but yet looks low comes and says, let me just remind men that I'm sovereign, I'm omnipotent, omniscient, I'm omnipresent. I'm omnipotent. I'm all-powerful. I'm omniscient. I know everything. And I'm I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere at the same time. And so God reminds us in this global pandemic that there's a purpose behind everything we're going through. When I think about going through, I thought about the scriptures in John 4 and 3. John 4 and 3. The Bible says that Jesus must needs go through samaria jesus must needs go through samaria now for you and i going to samaria would not have been a big of a deal but there was something or better yet there was someone in samaria that jesus was purposed to meet you know the story i think don't you that woman at the well she said she had five husbands but the truth of the matter was she had five but she also had somebody else on the side who made it six if not more She was that woman that no one really wants to talk about. She went to the well at the heat of the day because she was embarrassed and she didn't want nobody to have no conversation with her. But oh my God, Jesus was at the well waiting. I won't go into that story. That's a message. within a message. But here's what I'll tell you. A few verses later, this woman, after she talks to Jesus, she goes back to the city and says, come meet a man. Come meet a man who told me all about myself and has a purpose and a plan for my life. Now notice, this woman goes back to the city, and she basically brings revival to the entire region. Who would have thought the purpose was that he had to go through Samaria? What are you saying, Dr. Stevens? Well, there's a purpose for this season of going through. I believe corporately for the church. I believe individually for your family and individually for you. You need to find out, God, what's the real deal of this sit-down, shutdown down, shut down Isolated social distancing season for my life. Number two, there's a place of preparation. A place of preparation. I love Psalms 23, very familiar verse of scripture. Everyone knows that scripture. But may I read it out loud to remind you? The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, verse 4 through 6, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare, there it is, there it is, you prepare a table for me in the presence. Of my enemies. Mm -hmm. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. Think about the terrain David must have experienced when he was writing Psalm 23. I'm not in death, but boy, his shoulder looks like the shadow of death. I know people are experiencing death in many parts of our country, and our hearts not only empathize, but we sympathize with them. And this thing becomes very real, especially when you start hearing of people you actually know. People that you've actually lived with or you've dined with or you've walked or talked with. I know this death and this death angel is very real. But David said, for me, I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Isn't it something how God navigates you through death on the right hand, death on the left hand, but he brings you out. And not only that but he prepares a table so my friends may i say to you today not only is god preparing a table for you i believe he's preparing you i believe he's preparing you to serve to lead to be who god's called you to be and so uh this season is a place not just a purpose but it's also a place of preparation and i believe oftentimes that preparation is often isolation or let me say it this way isolation is often preparation in disguise. John Maxwell says something that I've always been fond of. He said, it's not what's happening to you, but it's what's happening in you that matters. It's not what's happening to you, but it's really what's happening in you that really matters. And so again, I beg of you to ask this question in this hour, God, what are you doing in me? What are you preparing me for? Because listen, you were on a track and you were on a trajectory where you probably didn't have time for introspection, reflection, to sit down and rewind and reset priorities and those things that matter most in your life. But now that you're home, now that you have some time, God, what are you preparing me for? What are you you readying me for? And how do I respond? Third and finally, and I'll close. uh, I believe that it is a place of promise and promotion. Why the wilderness? Because it's often a place of promise and promotion. Uh, The old, old, old saints would say it this way. uh, You have to go through if you're going to. You're going to have to go through if you are to go to. And I want you to take a moment with me just for a quick minute here to think. I want you to just take a quick moment and ask yourself, what is it that I'm believing God for in my life? before my world was interrupted, before this all came to a screeching halt, what is it that God was wanting to do in you? What does he want to do now? What dreams has he put into your heart? What aspirations, what vision has he given you? And I'll be the first to admit, you can be so busy doing the day-to-day work that you forget oftentimes the big picture. What is the overarching vision, dream, goals, aspiration that God has given you. We can get so caught up in the rat race, so caught up in the day-to-day, so caught up in the dog-eat-dog world, we lose sight of the big vision that God has given you. And so could it be that you're in a place of promise, in a place of promotion? The Bible reminds us that that promotion does not come from the east, nor the west, nor the south. But promotion comes from above for it is he who puts down one and he raises up another. I've been telling pastors all week long, all last two or three weeks, you gotta separate yourself in a time like this. Separate your ministry with excellence. Separate your business with effectiveness. Separate your ministry with, with success. Everybody's streaming. Everybody's trying to do a little something, something online, but you have to learn the value of being high tech and high touch. It's not enough to have quality streaming services. It's not enough to have wonderful bells and whistles with sharp, slick marketing promos. But are you touching people? We put together a task force team and every family of the city church and our recent guests and friends are under one of those leaders. And it is those leaders' responsibilities once a week to make a phone call. If need be, make a visit if need be. See if there are any needs, any errands. How may we pray for you? It is that leader's responsibility to make sure that every person has access to see these streaming services on Thursday nights, Sunday mornings, Good Friday, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And so we believe that we want to be able to touch people in a time. I do not think you can over communicate enough and minister to the needs and the fears and the, and the phobias of people in a season such as this. And so, with that being said, 2 Peter 1 reminds us of God's promise. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. The promised land was Canaan land. And for Israel to leave Egypt, go through the wilderness, the promise was if you stay the course, if you don't throw in the towel, If you don't get discouraged, if you don't hang up, you're going to come into a place that flows with milk and honey. Now, of course, it wasn't 2%, a whole milk, or or, or lactose-free milk, but the word milk actually came from the fact that there were plenty of goats in the land. There's plenty of goat milk in the land. The word honey... Uh, It didn't really have anything to do with honey. As you know, honey, if we put on biscuits and honey on bread. No, it had to do from the sap, the honey sap that came from the trees. So the land that I'm sending you in has plenty of livestock to feed off. It has plenty of trees to build your houses and build your communities with. And I believe that's what God has promised you and I. But you got to stay the course. You can't throw in the towel in the wilderness. You cannot get discouraged in the wilderness. You cannot give up hope. For you're simply going through so you can get on to. Here's some promises that God makes. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains, springs, a land of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, a land in which you will eat your bread with, without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. That's the type of land I want to be in. I want to be in a land not where I didn't have enough, I don't want to be in a land where I got barely enough. No, no. God, I want to be in a land where I have more than enough. And it's not that I be greedy or selfish, but now I can bless so many other people. Now I can be a ministry to so many of others who may not have. And so he goes on to say, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread, a land. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God and the good land which he has given you. He brings you to a place where the promises come to pass. Now your land may not be real estate. Maybe for you the land is a a post-bachelors degree. Maybe your land is to see your grandbabies or your great grandbabies grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Maybe your land is to be debt free. Maybe your land is to be a world missionary and you minister all over. Whatever your land is, he's made a promise that he'll do it just for you. I wanna read one last verse of scripture. Deuteronomy 28, listen closely. The Bible says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commandments which I command to you this day, that the Lord your God will set you above high above all of the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed are you in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your grounds, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, of offsprings, of flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall ye be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. God made that same promise to those same group of Israelis, all two million of them plus, and said, If you'll hearken to my word, if you'll allow me to humble you, allow me to test what's in your heart, allow me to prove and to reiterate what's really on the inside, I will bring you to a place that I promise you. Pastor Stevens, what are the promises of God today? Promise number one you're going to make it through this COVID 19 season, you're going to make it through this unemployment crisis this financial crisis, this health crisis, and you're going to come out not just neutral, not just the same, but you're going to come out brighter, better, more stronger, more determined. In fact, you'll have more faith. God says, Israelis, listen, uh, your feet did not swell in those 40 years. You had no need to buy new shoes. I kept your feet the same size. You know what? You didn't have the restaurants of your choice, but I fed you with man every day so that you would know that the just shall walk by faith. Here's what you know right now. We may not know where that next paycheck is coming. We don't know where the next business clientele agreement is coming. We don't know about the rent and the mortgage and the utilities and all that 30, 60, 90 days from now. But here's what we know. He'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. In fact, here's what we know. He will provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God not only that sees every need you have, but he's the God that will meet every need that you have. For those that don't know the Lord today, you're an unbeliever. You're a sinner. And that's okay because I was a sinner. And we're sinners saved by grace. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And I just have one thought for those who are here today and you're listening. And you say, Pastor, thank you for the encouraging word. I'll make it through this. And yes, we can get through what we're going through. And, and, And he sends us through. So we can go too, and I know some of you are, you say, oh yeah, praise the Lord. My dreams and my vision and my goals, Yeah, they're going to come to pass. He made me a promise. Well, may I remind you of one thing? That promise means nothing if you don't walk with Jesus as your personal Lord and your personal Savior. I thought about Matthew chapter 16. The Bible says, Jesus says, if anyone desires me, let him first deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to have life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and to yet lose his soul? I wish I could talk to you about dreams and visions and goals and aspirations and a whole lot of wonderful things that you want to do in the earth. I do believe those things can happen. But the greatest commitment, the greatest decision is for you to serve Jesus Christ. Now, again, I realize that um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the land. There's a lot of unknown ahead. But here's what I know. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. And the Bible says it is with that everlasting love, Jeremiah 33 and 3, that I have drawn thee. He he drew you, He yet draws you today because of his love for you. It is not the will of God that you perish. It is not the will of God that you go to a place called hell. Hell was never designed for man. Hell was designed for the devil, Satan, and a third of angels that fell from heaven and became demons on the earth. I want you to know today that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And so may I remind you right now that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become brand new. It will be my honor, my sheer joy to lead you in the prayer of salvation. No matter who you are and where you are and what you got going on in your space, what I need to know is this today. Pastor, I hear the word. I'm going to respond to the word. And that first order of response is to repent of my sins, is to admit that I am a sinner, is to realize that I believe in my heart and and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is, he's not just a teacher, he's not just a prophet, he's not just a humanitarian, but he is actually Christ. He is the only begotten son of God. And if I really believe that he lived 33 and a half years on the earth 2,000 years ago, and if I actually believe that he died and he was buried in a cave, but more importantly, if I believe that he rose three days from the dead, the Bible says, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so with that being said today, I would love to minister to you about giving your life to Jesus. In fact, when you give your life to Jesus, you actually receive a gift. And that is what we call the gift of salvation. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do on the earth but receive the gift. I'd like to pray for you. And after we've prayed, I want to talk to everybody about our last act of worship during this broadcast. And that will be the worship of giving. But let's pray and let's believe God. So here's the plan. Friends, if you have someone in your room, someone in the house, you'll have an opportunity to play this back on Monday night. I encourage you to tell a loved one, a friend or neighbor, you may want to listen out to what that cat had to say. Because ultimately the goal is that they receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I'd like to pray for you. Let's pray this prayer together. And for those of you that are saved and you love Jesus, why don't you pastor your home and take that man or that woman or that boy or girl, take them by the hand. I know we're talking about social distancing, but if you're at home with your family, you okay. And let's lead them to prayer. Let's lead them to the throne in prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you repeat this prayer after me? And saints, let's pray this prayer out loud with those that are in our home. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. I do believe in my heart and today I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ, he is Lord. Lord, forgive me for all of my sins. I repent and today I receive, I receive the gift of salvation I give my life completely to you and I receive your Holy Spirit thank you for saving me thank you for a brand new beginning for this in the name of Jesus I pray amen I pray today that no matter where you at where you're from that you receive the gift of salvation Very simple, but highly effective prayer. This prayer is prayed and received by faith today. Here's what I'd like for you to do. On the screen, we provided a link. And if you'll take a moment quickly, go to that link. It'll take you to our website. I want you to fill out a really short, really short questionnaire and tell us what just happened. You gave your life to the Lord, or you rededicated your life to the Lord. You'd like some more information in the Bible about how to grow as a Christian. Maybe one day you want to be water baptized as soon as we have an opportunity to come back to the church. Either way, we want to make sure we follow up on you. We're going to provide you with some really solid biblical information on how you can grow in your walk with God. You'll get a phone call or a text or maybe even an email from one of our pastors on staff that just simply wants to follow up with you to check on you, see how you're doing. And you know what? Guess what? Maybe you want to join the church. You're new, you're here in the area physically. I can't extend to you the right hand of fellowship. But what I can do is just kind of give you a virtual high five and say, Welcome to City Church. On that form, you can fill out an area about joining the church. I'm just crazy enough to believe that when we finally get an opportunity to come back to the church, we're probably going to have more people join us than folk who were here prior. I'm believing, God, that there will be many new men and women, boys and girls, because of this stay-at-home season that will join us on that celebration Sunday morning. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a party. You think you've been to a party in the world. You think you have been to a celebration party in the world. We're going to have all type of stuff going on on that Sunday. We're going to shout and dance and run and holler and act like we lost our complete natural minds. It's going to be a day to remember. But I want you to join us during that time friends, I'm Dr. Michael Anthony Stevens. The last ministry I have today is to encourage you in your giving to the church. I will say this to you. I was humbled, pleasantly surprised, yet humbled when I saw the giving this past week. Um, It it, it exceeded all of my expectation to see so many people. I get a report, obviously, of, of the totals and all of the giving and all of that, but I cannot I cannot thank you enough, and I can't say how proud I am, how honored I am to see so many people being responsible in their giving to the church. Uh, many of you all use Givelify. It's an easy app on your Android, on your iPhone, and um, thank you for using that. Some of you now are using Cash App. I-, I appreciate that. I use Cash App. I'm kind of learning about that app as well, but thank you for that. Others, um, you can... You can Send send your offerings and your tie to the church. We still have regular mail. And uh, I'll make sure that the mailing address is on the screen. You probably already know what it is. But for our guests and visitors and those who are not familiar with the church, but yet you want somewhere you can give and maybe somewhere you want to tie to, if you feel comfortable, just drop a check in the mail. Here's our address, all right? And then finally, we got what's called the Deacon drive-by system, okay? The Deacon drive-by system. You don't want to leave the house, no sweat. We will have a deacon and his wife or a deacon and a colleague swing by. They won't come in and they won't eat any of your food, but they will drive by. They'll slow down enough to receive your tithe and your offering. Then they'll bring it back to the church. We've made giving to the city church as convenient and as pleasurable as possible. Again, I cannot say thank you enough for your giving to the church. So don't forget tomorrow night is Monday night, right? And, um, We're going to have Replay, Rewind Monday night, 7 p.m. Grab somebody, grab some friends. Right after the teaching, I'll open up online for an open mic discussion talking about the three points of today's message, okay? Thursday night, we have pastoral teaching, 7 p.m. right here, live. Friday night is Good Friday night, the seven last words of Christ on the cross. It's going to be a powerful time as these seven young men and women minister the word of God on Friday night. And of course, a week from today, Who would have thought resurrection Easter Sunday morning? Don't forget, if you're not getting our emails, our text messages, or a phone call, or a constant contact, that means we may not have the most updated information. You can go to that same website, citychurchhuntersville.com, fill out that form, and we'll make sure we add you to the most current database so we can stay connected, so we can stay in place. All right? I want to pray for you before we go. Father, in Jesus' name. While we're yet at home, you're yet God. While we're at home seated, you're yet God seated in heaven. And Father, I thank you on the behalf of all of the saints and friends of the city church for your hand of provision, your hand of faithfulness, your hand of protection. Father, we thank you that in this season, you shall arise and every enemy be scattered. Show yourself strong and mighty. Thank you for the word that went forth on this morning. Thank you for the souls that have been saved and souls that rededicated their lives to you. Father, thank you that you're so awesome that you're yet ministering to the needs of the church, ministering to the needs of the families and of the people. And Father, I encourage and I so ask today, God, that you would bless and you would prosper. God, that you would be so present in the homes and in the surroundings of my brothers and sisters throughout the land. Father, we honor you, we bless you, we give you thanks in all things. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Thank God, amen, amen. I'm Dr. Michael Anthony Stevens. Until next time, thank you for joining. The Lord bless you. We'll see you soon.